My name's Angelo and welcome to We Want Picks. This is the only channel dedicated to UFC picks and DraftKings lineups run by professional fighters and MMA insiders. Every week I join Nick Newell, professional fighter, professional model, and ESPN top 10 guest, along with Dan Kramer, UFC fighter, Bellator fighter, Ultimate Fighter alumni, and Jacob Lines, a skinny kid from Indiana. And we break down every single fight, the betting odds, the DraftKings picks, and we set you up for success. And it is a sleepy good card. It's a very good card. Two title fights. Our feature fight is five full rounds. So it's a very fun night of solid matchups. So let's walk through the entire card. We are going to break down the entire card, who we think wins, how they win. We'll break down their DraftKings values. We'll break down the bets. We'll break down the monkey knife fight strike line. So first up at UFC 263, we have Carlos Felipe versus Jake Collier in a heavyweight matchup. And this is a very interesting matchup, Dano. Jake Collier was like a middleweight. Right, hold on. Let's just for one second, let's slow down for a quick second. We're talking about a guy named Jake. We got to tell the people. Oh, okay. You're right. I, thought, I, I, is. I almost got so mad at you because I thought you were literally going to make me redo that. No. And I was like, is he kidding me? Yeah. I so that later though, just to aggravate you, but no, we got, I mean, come on. Where's you're right. You're right. It's the first thing people are going to be asking about. You're right. Jacob is they not here. Out already by now. Jacob is not here. He had to do some uh, real life work stuff. So he couldn't join us. He did film a lock of the week video. We uploaded it already. So you can check out the lock of the week. He will be here on Friday when we do our final bets, our final DraftKings, our final monkey knife fight and all of that. So he's not here, which means no fart jokes today. No Instagram, no picks based off of Instagram. Just solid fight insight for you. So we'll try to carry the comedic relief for him, but it's a tall task. So yeah, I haven't creeped on anybody's Instagram, so I won't have those, those little tidbits for you, but this is a, this is an, uh, I'm, listen, I'm going to try not to say interesting. I'm going to try not to say tricky as just much as I do. Just, it's in, just, it's impossible. Do it more. Be, yeah, yeah, <laughs> lean into it. Down. Yeah. So this one's interesting. Jake Collier used to be a middleweight and was kind of jacked. And then he ballooned up to like a mess, just a mess of a person. But now he seems to be, the picture's not doing him justice because he seems to be working his way back into shape. He seems to be taking this pretty seriously. And he is a big dude. I don't know how he was ever middleweight, let alone light heavyweight. Uh, and now he's a, he's a big heavyweight. Um, and, and it'll be interesting because the odds makers think it's kind of a mismatch. The DraftKings price says it's a mismatch. I think it's a pretty close fight. Felipe actually has some solid cardio. Uh, he has some solid boxing, and he's, you know, uh, if Collier's cardio is an issue, Felipe can probably take over. But Collier is talented and well-rounded. Genuinely, he's pretty good everywhere, has a head like a brick, um, and uh, I, I think he has cleaner boxing and some solid striking, and I think he may be able to get this done. But Danny, what do you think? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think uh, I think this is a little closer than the odds suggest. I actually think Collier's got a good chance at winning this fight. In my mind, this is kind of a, a coin flip fight. Um, I was breaking down tape on both of them, and, you know, Collier, like you said, used to be a middleweight, took a bunch of years off, came back, and 
He's right at 265. The good thing is, is he's tall. He's six foot three. So he's not undersized in terms of height. Um, but anyways, he took three years off, came back, lost to Aspinall, which, I mean, that's a tough task to come back uh, and be a heavyweight against a guy who's that athletic, that good at striking. So he lost that fight. But then he came back after that and beat uh, Guillaume Vellante, his last fight. And I'll tell you what, he looks very athletic as a striker, especially for a big boy. Um, he mixed up his offense well. Great leg kicks, good jab, nice left hook. He throws it to the head and to the body. Um, I really like the his left hook is very diverse. He's got counter hooks. He's got check hooks. Um, and like you said, he's got a head like a brick, and he does actually, you know, when I was on The Ultimate Fighter with Rampage, he called it the cover and roll, which is basically – shell and then off of the shell you know they throw punches on off of the shell you come back with counters he does that very very well um and he catches guys a lot off of their punches so i mean the volante fight he had he had volante hurt in the first round um you know he landed the left hook a million times a million different ways um you know he does it off the leg kick he throws a right leg kick and resets and as his body comes back he throws a left hook right off of it so uh, I think he's very talented as a striker. Um, he's probably lacking in power a little bit, I would say. That's one of his, the downsides to being a middleweight that goes to heavyweight. Um, but in terms of athleticism and just volume, I mean, he threw, I think, over 250 strikes last fight. That's insane for a heavyweight. And he didn't look terribly out of – I mean, he looked like he was in pretty good shape. If you throw 250 strikes at any weight class um, – you should be feeling that, especially as a heavyweight. And he looked good. I thought his conditioning was good. And I think he won that fight just because he wanted it more in the third round. Um, and he was in better shape. So I was very impressed with his last fight. Um, but, you know, like you said, he's fighting Carlos Felipe, who's 10 and 1. There is a height discrepancy. He's only six feet tall. Um, so there will be a reach advantage for Collier. I don't know that that's going to really come into play, but. Um, you know, Felipe's only loss, he's only got one loss. Um, he's on a two-fight win streak since then to Jorgen, against Jorgen DeCastro and Justin Taffa, both pretty good strikers as well. Um, and, you know, just kind of looking at the tape in both those fights, the first, he's kind of an interesting fighter. Like, I feel like he's the sort of guy where you almost have to pull the fight out of him. Like, if you're willing to... Uh, take a measured approach and, and kind of have a, a kickboxing match, you know, almost light sparring type format. He'll do that. But if you pressure him, he'll also bomb with you. So there was a lot of that in the DeCastro fight. You know, the first round, they were both very measured. Um, when he throws punches, though, he throws heat. He throws big overhands. He's got fast hands. The one downside I would say is unless he's in a firefight exchange, he doesn't throw multi-punch combinations. I think Collier has an edge there. Like, he's not setting up three, four-punch combinations unless it's, all right, we're trading, and I'm just going to let my hands go. Um, you know, so that was the first round of that fight. The second round, I think he thought he lost the first. He came out aggressive. Um, or DeCastro came out aggressive, sorry. And that brought the aggression out of Felipe. So kind of what I was saying earlier, it's like, once you bring it out of him, he's ready to go. And he will stand and bang with you. He does have decent cardio striking-wise. Um but it was, a, I mean, that was an unbelievable fight. I don't know if you watched it, but um, they that fight too, they both threw over 100 strikes, which for heavyweights is a ton. Um, then his last fight against Tafa, Tafa, same thing early as the DeCastro fight. They both kind of felt each other out. 
that benefited Tafa big time because Tafa likes that Mark Hunt style approach. He'll sit there and trade, and he's going to win those battles all day long. Um, and then later on in the fight, Felipe kind of took over. Third round ended up being an absolute war. Very close split split decision for Felipe. So both these guys have a lot of skills. Um, I just think that Collier, I, I could see Collier winning this off of volume and just staying a little bit busier. Um, they're heavyweights, so you never know what could happen. Felipe could starch him in the first. I don't really see Collier doing that just because he's not as powerful, but I could see this being a slugfest fight that goes three rounds where they trade for two minutes, rest against the cage for a minute, trade for another two minutes, you know, uh, and do that the entire fight. And I could see Collier pulling off a split decision or a very, very, very close fight. So I think there's value on Collier at 165. I think he's got a little bit cleaner boxing. Um, and like I said, the volume just staying busier. Uh, I could see him edging it out. I think it's worth a stab, especially at plus money. Um, so I, I'm taking Collier on this one. Um, I don't know if I'm going to have him in my DraftKings, just the way things are panning out right now. Um, but he's definitely, in my opinion, a very good value across the board. Bets, DraftKings, and let's see, on the more or less. It's a hard I'm, line. I, I'm going to go more, more, more. More and more for heavyweights. Yeah, that, well, because I, I don't think there'll be a stoppage in this fight. I think both of them, their heads are too hard. And Jake Collier used to be a middleweight. There's no way. He's not Anthony Johnson that can move that many weight classes and still have that kind of power. So he's not going to have the knockout power. Um, I and agree Collier with you. Collier will bring the volume out of Felipe because he walks yeah. forward, shells. Like, they're going to be exchanging, I think. I, I don't see a ton of feeling out in this fight. I don't think Collier will let it happen. I think more, more. I think more, more. You know that the Felipe one is seventy five and a half. That that worries a me lot. a little bit. That is a lot. So I think more, and more is probably the pay with Monkey Knife fight. I am not touching it for DraftKings as well. I think Felipe is too much at eighty seven hundred. I think Jake is too much at seventy five hundred. Uh, this card has a few underdogs that are much cheaper that will do better in my opinion. But if you do want to play five round fights, yeah, exactly. Um, if you do want to place a bet on this, my recommendation is those plus three and a half bets. The odds were heavy, meaning the plus three and a half on Jake Collier, which means all he has to do is win one single round, uh, which I think he will absolutely do. The odds were like minus 190, which was a bit much for me. But if you want to place that bet, go to wewantpicks.com slash bets. We have a whole bunch of options for you for free money with Bet Online. They have by far the best prop and options for sportsbook betting for UFC. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to. My pick here is Carlos. I think Carlos wins, and I think cardio is the reason. I think Jay Collier will win the first round and he'll start to fade, and then Carlos will take over as the fight goes on. That's why I'm in love with that three and a half bet. I can I can pick Carlos here, and then I could put a three and a half bet on Jake Collier. And all, all I need out of Jake is one round. That's it. One round and then don't get finished and I'll win my bet and I'll get paid. And bet online is the only site that offers those three and a half bets, which is why I love them. Yeah. No, I was going to say uh, the bet online thing. So I know there's a lot of people on here. We talk DraftKings, We talk monkey night fights. There's some people who haven't done betting yet just because, you know, if it's not legal in your state or whatever, they don't have a sports book. Um, I've tried all, I'm, I, I've used all of the different, uh, sports books sites 
bet online, especially for MMA, is in my opinion, is by far the best. And most of the people I talk to on the internet that bet um, agree because of what Angela said, they have the most props um, and they're the first to come out with props. So we're going to start trying to launch these uh, bet videos earlier. You know, we used to do it Friday. Now we're doing it now. So if you can jump on a line early, it's it's such a benefit. Um, so anyways, check it out. It's very it's a lot easier than you think. Once you sign up, it's very easy to get money in, get money out. Um, I've never had any issues either way. I've done it in Bitcoin. I've done it in credit cards. Uh, you name it, they make it pretty easy. And they have a customer support team that's fully legit too. So if you do have an issue, give them a call. They'll square it away for you. So uh, strongly recommend them. Go to our site. It'll help us out. Uh, and we'll also give you some free cash for signing up because we're trying to promote their brand and build a business with them. So uh, check it out. Yeah, absolutely. So pay attention to our picks. And then also we do a full betting guide breaking down our actual bets. So let's move on to the next fight. Next up at UFC 263, we have Faraz Ziam versus Luigi Vendramini. That's my people. He's an Italian. I'm an Italian. And if I'm Jacob, I make my pick because he's Italian and I move on. But I'm not Jacob. So this is a very interesting fight. So first of all, we have Faraz Ziam. He's 11 and three. He's five or four and one in his last five. We have Luigi Vendramini, who is also four and one in his last five. He's nine and one. And this fight is basically a pick 'em. This is one of the harder fights on the card to pick. We have Faraz who likes to fight at range. He has great elbows if he is in the clinch. Uh, if he gets on top, he has some nice control. But on bottom, I, I don't see him doing too, too much. He's somewhat active, but I don't think he's doing a ton. And then we have Luigi. He's a feast or famine fighter. He has a 100% finish rate. All nine of his fights, all nine of his wins ended in finish. And his loss ended in finish. It is all or nothing. And everything is all or nothing, including his punches. Everything is with bad intentions as well as his takedowns. When he shoots a double, he shoots a double. Everything is with 100% effort, and this is a tough fight to pick, but I am thinking that Luigi's raw power, Luigi's willingness to go out there and die, will be the difference. I think he's going to push forward, dictate the pace, and for us who likes the range, isn't going to get the range because Luigi's going to be in his face throwing things at 100% effort, but this will be interesting. Daniel, what do you think? I'm surprised you didn't like segue that into like, oh, you know, just like me, Italians, they are just a hundred percent effort, handsome, and grit, and Dark. yeah. Well, well let's see, I don't think you'd get that carried away, but um, yeah, no, I, I saw a lot of the same things uh, you saw. You know, so Ziam, he's uh, definitely less. Well, no, they both have two fights in the UFC. I think they're both one and one in the UFC. So in terms of UFC experience, they're basically about the same. Ziam is very young, mid-20s. I know I say this all the time. Young fighters at that age, it's like they're sponges. You know, if they have the right mentality, the right training camp, they can improve vastly in between fights. So, anyways, he won his last fight against Jamie Malarkey. He lost to Don Madge before that. Both were decisions. Ziam is definitely a very good striker, good kicks. He was a K-1 champ, I think, at 18 years old. Um, so he's got experience from a young age. He likes to be on the outside, decent, decent footwork. You can tell that's something that like he wants to be a part of his game, but he's still a little hittable. 
Um, he's got a bad habit of kind of backing up to the cage when he truly gets cornered off. Um, and I would say his footwork sometimes can work against him because he moves away a little too much um, to where, you know, you do that too much, you lose rounds. So um, the last fight against Malarkey, he got taken down right away. He, but he had kind of a, I'll call it a sweep. It was more of a mistake for Malarkey. Scrambled up. He was winning the striking in the first. In the second round, it got a little closer, uh, but he did get taken down a couple times, held down uh, for a while and gave, you know, almost gave his back up. So it looks like the wrestling could be a little bit of an issue for him. Um, and then in going to the third round of that fight, Zion kept trying to keep the distance, but Malarkey just went full wrestling on him and got the takedown, finished the round, uh, the entire first half of the round uh, on top. Uh, Zim did scramble up, but he got taken down again, almost mounted. So it, it was a very close fight. I thought Malarkey won, to be honest. Uh, I may be biased on that because I think I may have bet on him in that fight too. But anyways, I rewatched it yesterday. I thought Malarkey won that fight. It was close. Um, but kind of my takeaway from it is the wrestling could be a potential hole in his game. Benjamini, on the other hand, um, you know, he's, uh, well, not on the other hand, but on the same hand, they're, he's also mid-20s. Um, he's looked to wrestle in a lot of his fights. He won his last fight by KO, but his striking looks like it's still improving. Um, you know, he, it looked a little green, but tell you what, he knocked the guy out, got power, you know, landed a good shot in an exchange. Um, I think that was against Jesse Iari, so solid win. Fight before that. He fought uh, Elizu Zaleski dos Santos. He lost by knockout in the second round. That's a very, very tough fight in your UFC debut. Um, so, you know, when I was breaking down tape on them, uh, like I said, Vendramini came out right out of the gates against Ayari, went for the takedown, didn't get it, landed a huge left hook in the exchange, followed up with a ton of punches, and, and then threw a head kick from basically two inches away, which this guy's got to be doing yoga or something because I can't even touch my toes. And he threw a head kick from like belly to belly with the guy. Um, but more importantly, or as importantly, I liked his attitude when he won that fight, he was amped. I think you, I think I heard him scream from here in Florida and he's uh, he was on fight Island. So um, I, I think the kid is just tough. I like his attitude. I think he's going to be improving. Um, and I, I just think uh, he'll do well in this fight. So uh, I, I do I do agree a little bit with the odds here that it's a pick em, but I'm going to give the edge to Vendramini based off the wrestling, uh, striking edge to Ziam for sure. But really, I think the X factor for me is just the physicality, the body type, and just the overall kind of uh, aggression. I'm going to give that to Vendramini, and I think that's what's going to win him the fight. I think he's going to pressure Ziam, um, and I think – Again, body types are important, right? When you're Ziam, who's tall and, and a little lanky, you get a guy who's strong and stays in your face over time, it's hard to defend takedowns. It's hard to keep them off you. Um, so uh, I'm going with Vendramini in this one. I don't think I'm going to touch it in DraftKings. Probably not going to bet it either, just they're both minus. Yeah, uh, I may look for something if the odds shift, but too close of a fight for me to really play much here. Um, and then the more or less, huh, I'm going to go with less on Ziam and I'm going to go with more on Benjamini. It's funny. So I talked about this in the recap video this past week. It's 
I've been playing everything we talk about, everything we say, we actually do, right? When we do our Monkey Knife Fight videos, those are the plays that we're making. Our drafting lineups are our actual lineups. Our betting guides are our actual bets. So what, what happened to me last weekend is the main event, for example, I had a bet, I had them in my DraftKings lineup, and I did Monkey Knife Fight. And, the, and what happens is you end up rooting for something incredibly specific. Like I needed so-and-so to win to hit my bet. I or sorry, I needed it to go over two rounds to hit my bet. I needed uh, a ton of points in DraftKings, which means I want a stoppage, but I hit the more and more in Monkey Knife Fight. So I needed a lot of strikes to get there. I'm not doing that anymore. It's way too specific. So this, where I'm going, is this that is- That was feast or famine, to put it in your words. It's just too, it was like a very specific thing needed to happen for me to win money in everything. So what I'm doing now is if uh, this fight is perfect for it, I am going monkey knife fight all in on this, right? Because the bet is too close. It's minus money on both sides. It's a very tight fight. DraftKings, again, it's very tight and neither one of them are super cheap. So monkey knife fight is perfect to me. I'm going to hit that line. If you've never done it, it is playmkf.com slash we want picks. You basically, all you literally need to do when you log into the site, you will see exactly what you see on the screen, more or less. And then you just pick more or less for each one of these guys. And then you triple your money if you hit it. It is so easy. I am going to disagree with you, Dan. I'm going to go more and more. I do think Venturmini has the power, so there could potentially be a stoppage, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think Faraz is going to try to keep Venturmini away with his jab. So he's going to be throwing that out there like crazy to try to keep him away. But Venturmini is still going to work in, still going to get his takedowns and be super busy. So I'm going to play the more and more on this. And if I hit it, I will triple my money. If you've never done it, sign up. If you use promo code WWP, they will instantly match your deposit for free. So they'll just give you free money immediately. If you're nervous, just use the free money. Don't even use your real money. Use the free money. Play with that. And then once you win, just keep playing with all the free money. You Either know what I'm thinking right. as you're saying it? Because I like, I agree with you. More and more is not, is not a bad play at all. Uh, I, I went... You know, less more just because I think Benjamin will probably get hopefully get some takedowns. But as I'm thinking about it, I think this is going to be a three round fight. That's a lot of time for Ziam to to get some strikes. And it's every single strike, even the little nonsense pitter patter trying to defend the takedown against the cage. Every strike. I may start doing two plays on one fight because you can still make money. So if I do more, more, and then less, more, if one of them hits, I'm plus money. Yeah, it's I don't simple math. If you do less, ten dollars, if right. you play ten bucks, you win thirty. So if you play ten twice, you've played twenty total, but you'll still win thirty on one of them, which means you're net up ten. You're up. So 50, it's a, right, it's, right? But so there's you know obviously the the you can hedge on the ones you're nervous about. Right, but I don't see this being a less less fight. I, I mean, unless no. somebody starts with somebody, which. Could, could Benjamini does have power. It is possible. And he's only had finishes, <laughs> but that can't last forever. Right. Ziam's just going to be looking to stay away. And it's his uh, whole game plan. Yeah. He's a decision fighter. Yep. Right. So that's my play. We both picked Luigi Benjamini in this fight. Let's move on to the next one. Check out our betting uh, video. We're going to do that next, but we're also going to do one later this week. So as these lines move and as props swing, We'll have our final betting guide out on what are we doing it Thursday or Friday? So we do it Friday, drop it. Yeah. We've got a few ready for you today that we liked, but I 
generally have a bunch more by the end of the week, you know, after weigh-ins and just, there's a lot we learned throughout the week. So check those as well for uh, anyone who wants to check out Bet Online. Next up at UFC 263, we have Dan's favorite fighter of all time. We have Chase Hooper versus Steve Peterson. Peterson is two and three in his last five. Chase Hooper is four and one in his last five. One of them has no idea how to throw a single punch. The other one does know how to throw punches, but they're just kind of sloppy all over the place. This is... Honestly, this may be the hardest fight on the entire card to pick. So we have Chase Hooper, who basically has Ben Askren's striking and Ben Askren's hair, but not Ben Askren's wrestling. And then we have Steve Peterson, who is a brawler. He's a brawler. He comes forward super tough. He's not very technical, but he's very, very tough. And he just marches forward, throws his bombs, try to make something happen. The way you beat him is you march forward and you use your technique and you box him up. Chase Hooper's never going to do that. It's just not going to happen. But Chase Hooper does have incredibly slick jujitsu. I think it was his last fight. He was getting mauled, absolutely mauled, and pulled off a Hail Mary submission. Can he do that here? Uh, I don't think so. Steve, Steve Peterson's never been submitted. With that being said, everybody's never been something until it actually happens. I just, I just before I give it to you, and I'm going to sound like a hater here. I just can't, in good conscience, spend actual money on Chase Hooper to win. I just can't do it. Like, the last time we tried that was when he fought um, Bruce Leroy, and it was embarrassing. It was absolutely embarrassing. His jujitsu is so good and so slick. His personality is awesome. He just doesn't have the wrestling to make it happen. So without that offensive wrestling, I don't know what he's relying on to get it to the ground, but that's where he needs to be. So... That's my very long rant. My pick is Steve Peterson, but I'm not confident in it because he is also not great. This is a fight. I know I said I would give it to you, but give me one more second here. This is a fight with, with the, where the UFC is like, what are we going to do with Chase Hooper? He's popular. He's funny. And he can fight in certain positions. Let's give him a really tough guy that gets in your face and let's see what he can do there. If he can beat Steve Peterson, let's work on Chase Hooper. If he can't beat Steve Peterson, then Chase Hooper is gone. I think that's what this fight is. They're just sort of testing him. So Steve Peterson's ridiculously tough, but he is not a lion by any means. So we'll, we'll see what happens here, but that's my breakdown. I know you absolutely love Chase Hooper. So I'm expecting a very biased breakdown from you. Yeah. No, I mean, actually I've, uh, I've forgiven and forgotten. <laughs> uh, he has burnt me a couple of times with some bets and DraftKings. Uh, and then of course I don't play him the one time where he pulls off that, you know, hail Mary, hail Mary sub. I think I went against him that time. So he's, uh, he's after me, but uh, I'm not touching this fight, but I, 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 I was very interested in it, and I'll, I'll say I've been all over the place on this one all week, and so has the line. Hooper opened up as a plus 180 dog. Yeah. And I wish I had taped it by then. I wish I had kind of seen that when it came out because – That's worth it. At minus 110, I, I wouldn't touch it. Plus 180, it's like, yeah, maybe. But, but the, I mean, people were steaming the line on Hooper and to now where they're – it's a pick em. And, I, you know, I don't – now I kind of see the value on Peterson, but – I mean, here's what I saw on tape, and and I'll kind of leave everyone to to form their own opinion about what the best play is. But uh, you know, Steve Peterson, you said he's two and three in the UFC. Oh, real quick, I think it's actually 
don't want to say the opposite of what you said, but I think they're literally struggling to find like who on the roster can chase who's Hooper have a chance at beating. That's what I said. Oh, I thought you said that they want to test him with a tough. Well, I like, think they're, I think they basically, I think that's what it is. I think we're saying the same thing. They're like, who can he, let's give him somebody tough to see what happens. And I'm not saying tough, like Steve Peterson's a really tough outing. I'm saying tough, like he is a tough person. So let's give chase, you know, a, a, a fight, somebody who's not going to fold, but, but somebody who will be in that and let's see if what happens. Right. Yeah. Let's put it this way. If he can't, if he doesn't beat Steven yeah, Peterson, he, he, he's yeah, he's got to probably go back to the drawing board a bit. Um, well, he's also I, like 22. He's not even like, yeah, he, he was, I don't even think he's 22 yet. He, he's 20. Yeah. Maybe he's 22, um, 21 or 22. So he just started to drink be allowed to drink. Oh, no, that's going <laughs> to affect him. Um, anyway, so Steven Peterson, you know, Angela, you covered it. Um, but I will say, uh, you know, you said one of the ways to beat him is to get in his face. So like Martin Bravo did that and Peterson ended up knocking him out with that crazy spinning back fist. Um, and man, I was more like, he got, Peterson got pieced up in that round. Like, like you said, uh, Bravo came in his face, out technique them, put it on him. But if you're going to take that route against Steven Peterson, you better have the conditioning to do it because man, as the fight went on, Bravo faded. Peterson got stronger, uh, and he looked like he was in great shape. Um, you know, he basically got schooled in that first round and came back and just overwhelmed him in the second. Um, looks tough, like you said. Uh, and then that crazy spinning back fist was just, I mean, that was a crazy knockout. But anyways, uh, the one thing I will say that relates to this fight. Cause I don't think the toughness on the feet is really going to be the biggest factor. Bravo got takedowns on him whenever he wanted, whenever he wanted. And it was like, you know, it just, he didn't even seem like he was, you know, trying to defend it. So um, I'm not sure if that was a game plan thing or if it was a surprise, you know, uh, attack from Bravo, but the takedown defense did not look to be there. So Chase Hooper, that plays into what he's going to be wanting to do very well. So you said it, he's only 21 years old. You got to imagine he's doing it. You know, he's got this much fame this early. He's got to be working to get better. Like he's had a couple of, you know, embarrassing performances where people are like, Oh, he's not ready. Like if I were him the week after my fight, I would be, if I'm healthy, I'm training and I am learning wrestling and striking. Um, so, you know, he still only has that one loss to Alex Caceres, Bruce Leroy, who's probably an underrated uh, fighter, I would say, just because he was, you yeah. know, he's good everywhere for like, a while. But, yeah. man, when he puts it together, he's got skills everywhere. Yeah. So uh, the Peter Barra fight you talked about, he was well on his way to a loss there, and he pulled <laughs> off that heel hook in the third. Um, you know, he had just not been able to show any real defense in his striking um, he has a, in his, to his credit though, he's got a head like a brick though. Like he's not, he's not, he's taking some shots and he's still there. Yeah. When you're 21, man, when I was 21, I used to, I know, but he's got like such a pencil neck. Like he's such a, like, he's so skinny and like, he looks fragile and obviously he's, he's not he's a professional right? fighter. Yeah. But he's, and he's not, but I just, it's submission or bust, dude. He's not going to outbox Steve. Yeah, <laughs> his body type is that is such that he's. It's going to be tough for him to generate power to knock somebody out. Or, you know, he's got some clean jabs and all that, but it's going to be tough for him to have that sort of fight. Um, 
But I did read that he, right after that camp, or you know, earlier this year in January, he went to train with Wonder Boy and his father to learn that type of style of the karate bounce in, bounce out. Yeah, which I don't really know if that. Uh, Why would you learn that as an adult? That's like you do that your whole life, and you're amazing. Well, he may it. have That's been not- doing it. Whatever. He's trying yeah. to learn. Like my point is, is yeah. he's, he's going after striking specialists, trying to learn that. Um, I'm sure he's got to be. I mean, he should be doing the same with wrestling. I've got to do a little research to see where he was there, but I know he works with Askren, so you got to imagine he's working on that. It, you know, his wrestling has looked a little bit better each fight. Um, just guys know that he's a one-trick pony, so they can prepare for that. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, you know, his last fight against Barrett, Barrett defended almost every takedown. Um, but overall, this feel this fight feels like they're trying to find someone that Hooper can stay competitive against and possibly win. Um, as far as the line goes, I think there's value. Honestly, I really think there's value on both guys. At first, I was going Peterson, but I just part of me, as much as it's a, I, it's a good line. It, I think Hooper might get him down and might get a sub. I was going to say, it's a, it's a good line. If you feel strongly, like if you're watching this and you're like, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling Hooper. I'm loving Hooper in this fight. And that's a good line. It's almost even money. But if it's, you know, if you're worried about it, like we are, it's not, it's a terrible line because it's not, it's not worth the risk to me. Right. Yeah. I, I, I'm not touching this one for DraftKings. I'm probably not going to bet on it either. Um, if I have, honestly, where monkey I, knife fight comes in, man. Ooh, monkey knife fight. I'm going to go. That's a with, low line. I'm going with, Hmm. It's I, I see, I see this being a decision, three full rounds, any strike possible chase worries me a little bit, but Steve Peterson's going to have the volume hundred percent. He'll have the volume. If chase Hooper gets a takedown, he may get the volume there too. I don't think there's going to be a submission. I don't think there's gonna be a knockout. So uh, I'm going to hit more and more again. I'm going to go less, 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 just, less, I, man. I don't know why. I just got a feeling that there's Hooper, a Hooper's going to figure out a way to get to the ground. I'm just banking on, on him being young and improving in between fights. I could be way off. I haven't seen it yet on tape, but man, it's like, if he's not, then he should figure something else out to do. Cause it was very clear what he needed to work on after he his could last be a fight. Superstar in jiu-jitsu. His personality is awesome. Oh, he's great. He's hilarious. Yeah. He's got, yeah. He's got that, you know, uh, that thing him and Askren got going on. Yeah, yeah. His dad and he plays <laughs> into it. It's pretty funny, but uh, I don't know. I, I, I originally thought there was Peterson was going to win this. My gut just tells me Hooper's going to pull it off. I know the UFC would love that. Um, so, well, so then if you, you know, we're here. We and give by you- the way, Peterson got taken down. I, like I said earlier, he got taken down so easily. Yeah, and that so is a, like, you know, you're, you're right. Anything's possible. I'm not betting on it. I'm not doing DraftKings. I will do Monkey Knife Fight because you triple your money if you win. So uh, if I play 10, I can still lose three, four, and still make money. I can lose five and still make money. I'll double my, if I play five, 10 Monkey Knife Fight lines and I lose five of them, I've still doubled my money. So I'm going to be looking for props in this fight. Uh, yeah, the, 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 there's going to be some good props. I'm going to find something case here. by sub. Yeah, I, I might I might go both ends of it. Like I might go Hooper by sub and Peterson by decision. And, you know, I think those are the two most likely outcomes. Yeah. And you may end up in a plus money situation either way. Well, let us know your pick in the comments. I'm very curious to hear. This is one of the the uh, trickier ones on the card. And if you want to play monkey knife fight, 
You see the link right below Dan, playmkf.com slash we want picks. And if you want to place a bet, if you're also feeling the Chase Hooper submission, go find that prop bet. It's already up on Bet Online, and we will have a link for you at wewantpicks.com slash bets. Next up at UFC 263, we have Penny Kainzad versus Alexis Davis. Another interesting fight. We love the veterans typically. And we picked Alexis Davis her last outing. She looked fantastic, rained on that parade. And uh, I like vets in general. But first up, we have Penny Kanzad. She is four and one in her last five versus Alexis Davis, who is only two and three in her last five. And Alexis Davis is very interesting to me because she beats every single person she's supposed to, meaning every fighter ranked under her, she beats. But then she loses to everybody ranked above her. And she has fought some of the best on planet Earth. So Alexis Davis is an interesting outing and an interesting pick. With that being said, this is a tougher fight than her last one. Her last fight, it was a little, uh, you know, her her game plan was, was pretty obvious what she needed to do. This one's a little trickier because Penny is a good technical boxer. She has high output, a ton of cardio. And she doesn't accept positions. If you take her down, she is moving like crazy and her working her way up. And I think that's how Alexis Davis needs to win this fight. Be in her face, push her against the cage, take her down, you know, rack up the control time, win rounds. Dan, what do you think? Yeah, I agree with you here. This is one of those ones where like, I hate going against the veteran, but in this one, I, I think, you know, I think a lot of these veterans... 36 years old, people think they're older, but sometimes they end up, you know, that experience helps them. Um, I mean, she has lost three of her last four, and her only win was against Sabina Mazzo. Um, Who was a very hyped striker, just like this. Yeah, I, I... Yeah, I I don't think I fell into that hype uh, quite as much. I think we all had Davis uh, in that fight, I believe. Um, But, I mean, she's got true experience against the top of the division, right? Like she's lost to the best people and she's like, you know, you just said it. She beats everyone she's supposed to, but she loses to the top of the division. I think that Kianzad um, has potential to be very good. I mean, she beat Sarge Eubanks. That's a legit win. She beat uh, Betch Correa. That's a legit win. Um, so I think she's the side here. I think uh, I think she's going to win, but you know, I, I'm probably not going to touch it in DraftKings. Um, and I'm definitely I'll be looking for some sort of probably plus three point five bet later on. Um, I already got one, Danny. Oh, you're on it already. Okay, I'm good. Right. Those three point those three and a half bets. The second they're that they're up, I I hit them. Those are my favorite. I'm I'm now obsessed. You know, my two. I've won so many of those. I think I'm like like six for seven or your fighter. It's it's like it's gold. All you need to do is win one round. Anything more than that, and you're good. Dude, especially if you get a heavy underdog. Yeah. That is just you know that they're one round of fury. Like yeah. you grab that one round, or or you know they have knockout knockdown power, and they get a knockdown in one round. Boom, money in the bank. No, I I love those three and a half. And bets. by the way, if they win by finish or if they win any other way too, you cash. So it. it's yeah, you just the get only slit. thing it protects you against, or sorry, the only yeah, it protects you against losing a decision basically because you've now a unanimous decision. Yeah, no, that it doesn't protect you against losing a unanimous, and right, it, yeah, well, not not unanimous. Unanimous doesn't matter. 
Right. You just because yeah. you can use losing unanimous by losing two rounds. But anyway, um, it just protects you. The only thing it doesn't protect you against is if she gets knocked out or loses every single round. If she Correct. wins one round, you win your bet. And if she wins any other way, you win your bet. Because I, I was all over the Alir Latifi. I didn't even need it, but I still did it. I like the insurance. All we need is one round out of her. She is a veteran. Look how physically imposing she is. She'll win a round. She will absolutely win a round. She'll get it against the cage, get it to the ground, have some control time, win one single round. And that is the only thing I'm doing here. What'd you I get think, on the plus 3.5? I know we have that later on, but I'm just curious. We have, it's, I'll have to pull it on my phone, so I don't know if people want to be staring at me while I'm doing that. Um, hold I'll on. Pull it up and, uh, you can keep going. I'll pull no, it no, up. no. We're going to sit here in silence while I, I pull right this up. Okay. I have it. I, please hold, Daniel. I'm looking at it. What is her name? Minus 150. Minus 150 is exactly what I got it for. And I put a whole unit on that. They're getting um, smarter about them, but still, I like that. I, I think I'll think that. Uh, yeah, it's because keep in mind, it's not minus 150. Alexis Davis is going to win. It's minus 150. She'll win one single round in this fight. Or win or, or, yeah, or, right. or anything better. Right. But yeah. So anyway, I'm going with the vet. She, it, this is a very tough fight. Panny has tons of volume and you can see that in the more or less line. I'm actually not going to do a monkey knife fight that those lines are too high. Uh, I guess I can go less, less, but Panny does have a ton of volume. Alexis Davis could dominate this fight, start to finish and blow past 86 and a half. So I'm not, I'm probably not going to play that. If I do, I will go less, less, but I, I hit that bet already. And if that line moves, I'll, I'll hit it again at wewantpicks.com slash bets. Are you going to do monkey knife fight here? Uh, it, it's a tough line to call. Um, I guess I would go less, less as well. I may go less, less and more, more and double it up. We explained that earlier, but just in I'm case telling you, there might be a strategy there where you do both sides of it and you just, it's like a, it ends up becoming. You just lower it from, from three times your money to half. Right. Um, but, but the likelihood, I mean, think of that. Yeah, you okay. go. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. They would double go, the chance of One of them would need to land. Yeah. There's only four possible outcomes in Monkey Knife Fight. It's more, less, less, more, 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 less, less. That's it. If you play two of them, that then you've eliminated, you know what I mean? Your, your chances have increased right. dramatically. We're not a math channel, so. <laughs> Jacob does the math here. Just <laughs> check out his lock of the week. He's 17 and 0. In four weeks. Anyway, that's our breakdown of this fight. Let us know in the comments what you're gonna do. I, I don't I don't hate your play both sides of it on MKF, Danny. And if you guys want to do that, go to playmkf.com slash we want picks. Next up at UFC 263, we have Mazvar Ivalov or Evloev versus Hakeem Dawadu. Wrestler versus striker. It's that simple. Grappler versus striker. 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 But Dawadu is dangerous everywhere. Power everywhere. Fast everywhere. But first, they are both 5-0 and in their last five fights, obviously, with Evliev on being undefeated. Dawadu has one loss, and it's been a while. Um, it, it's, it's a, I don't want to say it's a hard fight to pick. Because in my in my opinion, it's an easy fight to pick. But I know a lot of people are very high on Dawadu right now. And honestly, 
there's no reason not to be. The odds are pretty far apart considering how much incredible power he has. He throws everything with power. He has really good takedown defense. If you do the stats, I think it's like 85% takedown defense. And even if he does get taken down, he's immediately moving, immediately trying to make something happen. But, you know, the problem is Evlov or Evilov doesn't stop. Like his chain wrestling, his chain grappling is very good. He doesn't stop. He continues to march forward, continues to make things happen. If he doesn't get it the first time, he'll try the second time, and he'll just keep working that over and over and over again. And in order for Dawadu to get the knockout, he's got to commit to these punches. And normally I would say Ivalov has to fight a perfect fight to win this because of Dawadu's power. The problem is he's so relentless with the takedowns, I don't think it matters. Like I don't think Dawadu is going to have the time to really get off and really set things up. But he is a very live underdog. To me, before I go to you, Dan, uh, uh, Evlyov is my pick. I think he wins. But if you want to throw a prop on Dawadu by knockout, I, I don't think that's crazy here. I mean, he he does have that kind of power. But Danny, what do you think? Let me unmute myself. Sorry, I had a call coming in. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I agree with a lot of what you said. Um, I do think that this, well, first of all, I know I know that Evlov is very, very good. He trains at ATT. Uh, he's young. He's getting better every fight. I think he's going to be a legit contender. Um, and I think he's on his way there. This is going to be a, but this is going to be a big test for him. Um you know, his opponent is very, very good. Duwadu looked great his last fight against another uh, very tough opponent. He's beat really two tough guys in a row. So, um, you know, knowing Evlov's style, you know, I still watch tape on him. He's very well-rounded, good wrestler, grappler, also a good striker, solid jabs, solid fundamentals, good head movement. Um, he has given up some takedowns, but scrambles really well. Um, I don't see that being a problem in this yeah. fight. Um, and he's 4-0 in the UFC, so he's, you know, creeping up there, and this is going to be one of his first really big tests. Um, you know, he's beaten veterans like Nick Lentz. He beat uh, Grundy in his in the fight before that. Um, the Lentz fight was weird because he got takedowns, but Lentz was so relentless with that guillotine. It's almost like it's almost like you can't even – like I think that was a split decision, which I, I thought was a little weird. I thought uh, – I thought Evlov clearly won the fight, but Lentz was so crazy with that guillotine. It's almost like uh, you're, you're never going to fight a fight like that again where someone has yeah. that good of a guillotine. Um, but anyways, he looked fresh in the third round of that fight, good conditioning. So I, I was very impressed with how he performed, and I know, I, uh, you know I've heard from people he's very good and he is getting better. Um, Dawadu, same thing. His only loss was getting caught in a guillotine you know, in the first round. I feel like anybody that could happen to anybody at some point, you know, Tito Ortiz and I, I forget who with the guilty yeah, uh, guy. Men's, no. Yeah. We got, yeah. Guy Menzer. There was a couple ones where, you know, people just get caught in guillotines and they make a mistake early in the fight where they're still dry. So anyways, write that off. He's got one loss, but he's won five straight cents and he's beaten tough guys. Uh, Zabira took off. Very good. Julio Ars, uh, Very good. This guy is a high level kickboxer. Uh, it does jump kicks, punches, kicks, good body shots. Um, and the Tukov fight is where I was kind of most impressed by him. 
you know, the first round was close. They were both a little measured. Second round was very competitive striking. Um, Tukov went for a couple takedowns, but Dawudu, like you said, he defended very, very well. Um, Tukov did get it at some point, but Dawudu uh, was able to figure a way to get up at some point. I, th- I think Tukov trapped his arm in that round, actually, which that position sucks and there's really nowhere to go. Um, but by the third round, Dawudu really started landing cleaner on the feet. Tukov started shooting a lot more and Dawudu defended almost everything, like three or four shots. And he was defending it, walking him down with punches, screaming at him. So he was very confident in his takedown defense, his striking. Um, so, you know, I think this is definitely closer than the line, than the odds suggest. Um, but I'm, I think Evlov is the side. He's my pick. Um, you know, I, I wish the line were closer because I think there would be some value there if they had this, you know, a little better than minus 250. Um, that's just a lot to spend in what yeah. I think is going to be a pretty close fight. Um, but, you know, same thing as you. I think Evlov's wrestling, grappling will likely be the edge in this one, but I think he's going to have to work hard for it. And uh, we're going to see uh, we're going to see if he's going to take that next, climb that next rung up the ladder to being a, a contender. So, and I will say there's probably a little value on the Duadu side. Yeah, uh, I mean, with that kind of power. 7, I mean, there is that. I'm not playing him because I think Evlov will win, um, and I'm rooting for him. So, But for 7000 bucks, that's that's a good value. What's crazy is I think both of them are solid DraftKings plays. I, I think $7,000 with that kind of knockout ability that could be there is not a terrible play. And 9200 where if, if Evlov gets – you know, implements his game plan and gets takedown after takedown after takedown or, you know, piece him on his feet and then gets takedowns. There's going to be a ton of points there as well. So I actually think depending on what side you're on in this fight, both of them are solid plays in DraftKings. Betting wise, this is a I, good tournament where you could, you could play both sides of this in a tournament yeah. on DraftKings for sure. The odds. Uh, I agree. I, I don't like money line on either one of them. Especially because if you think Dawoodoo wins, it's going to be probably by stoppage. So why don't you just do the stoppage prop instead of take the plus 200 odds? And I'm not spending minus 250. Um, And the monkey knife fight lines are pretty high. I think less less is my play on the monkey knife fight line. 118 is a lot. And I think Evlov might be a little afraid to exchange and will rely more on his grappling than than his technical boxing because there is just so much power waiting on the other side of that cage. Yeah, Dewadu is a good striker, but man, Evlov is is he's one of those guys where he's very good and he just he doesn't look quite as athletic as some of the other guys, but he's yeah. there. His head movement's there. He's very very good. Very technical. Too. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, but so yeah, you, I agree. I think I think less less is probably yeah. the play, but this is a tough one to call. It just really depends how the fight goes. Yeah, it'll be a fun one, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it for sure. Next up at UFC 263, we have Lauren Murphy versus JoJo Calderwood. This is an interesting I, – I think all these fights are interesting, and that's why we do this because we love it. So don't give me a hard time for saying interesting all the time. But this is an interesting matchup because we have Lauren Murphy, who's on the wrong side of 35, but she is five or four and one in her last five, four in a row – just a physically imposing, just absolute like beast in there, right? She's just 
very physically imposing, forces her will, muscles her way to things. And then we have Joanne Calderwood, who's a little more technical. She's three and two in her last five, but alternating wins and losses. What I, uh, what I like and don't like about this is Lauren Murphy was a solid underdog in her last few fights. The problem is if she can't use her physicality, she's kind of stuck, right? It's either I bully my way into these situations. I bully things in this fight or she gets, you know, sort of pieced up and out techniqued. Joanne Calder one is definitely the most te more technical striker. She has really nice kicks. And if she uses her more technical striking, and keeps the pressure on Lauren, but from the outside, meaning pieces her up, kicks in and out, in and out, touches her up, moves in and out, in and out, and doesn't let herself get backed up against the cage, doesn't let Lauren use her physicality. I think Joanne wins this, but it is a hard fight because Lauren Murphy could just march forward, use her physicality, and make something happen. So that's tricky for sure, but... uh uh, it's a hard pick. I'll let you go before I give a pick here. This is hard. It's 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 physicality versus more technical striking, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree with a lot of that. You know, I think I think they're both good strikers. It's really going to be kind of who implements their game plan striking wise the best, um, in my opinion, at least. Um, I think Calderwood is the side. Um, you know, I think she's got you know, more of a Muay Thai striker, uh, um, you know, setups and just the, the way she goes about her striking is more of a Muay Thai. I think she's got probably more diverse strikes. Uh, Murphy has kind of probably better boxing a little or more boxing, I would say more boxing focused. Um, this is one of those fights where I think it's probably a pick em. Calderwood is, is where I'm leaning from DraftKings standpoint. I think this could be a slugfest with a ton of points either side. You can see they're priced very evenly. Um, so I think it comes down to what you have left in your bankroll type of thing. Like, or if you have a really strong opinion on one of them, I think there could be a good amount of points out of them for 8,000 or 8,200 bucks. Um, it might be worth it. This card is just tough to, to go after too many values because there's five round fights, right? There's, there's always, I feel like, a little bit more value in someone in a five-round fight that you think can be competitive than somebody in a three-round fight. So, um, I don't know. I think it's going to be a good fight. I think strike-wise uh, for Monkey Knife fights, I'm going with more on Murphy and, I mean, 131. I'm going to go with less on Calderwood, but I mean, more, more, more could easily happen. I think it's 130, 131 is such a high number. That's why this one, but they're getting better and better. And I know, I know, uh, they're just getting better and better at doing these lines. And, and this is a hard one and they, they're doing a perfect job separating them. So it's not as easy to just blast more or less, but, um, th that's a hard line. I, it's funny. The best thing about it, though, is like I don't know how how everyone else is playing if they're picking a few fights or not. But I think we talked about this. Like, do more. Yeah. Do whatever more. your bankroll is, right? That you want to play in in monkey knife fights. I split it up amongst yeah. ten fights that I feel pretty good about the outcome. And generally, every week I win. I think I've I think I've lost one week. I haven't had it. Yeah, I I had one bad week, um, and that's because out of like I, what ten now? Like, yeah. we're up pretty good in monkey knife fights. There are. 
there's definitely some strategy there. Um, and I think splitting up your, your bets to more fights is, is, is one of the things. Well, and works. my bad week was when I didn't do that, I basically max played two fights and then I lost. Right, yeah. That, so, but all the week, famine, right, Angelo, come on. I, well, it, it is. And if you saw our, our monkey knife fight breakdown last week, I had like $7 left in my account. And that's because I take every single dollar I have and I play all of it every week across all the fights. That's my new approach. It's definitely working for me. It so he had about a million year. dollars on the line last every week. Every week, a million. Every week. Um, you know, so that that's what I do. That's what I do now. I play all of it. You triple your money. If you don't know what monkey knife fight is and you haven't done this before, I'll do my spiel very quickly. All You literally, when you log into the site, you see exactly what you see on the screen here, essentially. Fighter A, fighter B, the strike line, and all you do is pick more or less on both of them. If you hit it, you triple your money. If you play 20, you win 60. You play 10, you win 30. It's the easiest thing in the world, and that's why we say play multiple lines. It's simple math. If you play 10 of them and you lose five, you've lost five out of 10, you still double your money. So it is worth playing as many as possible. Hit what you can hit. If you lose, no big deal. It's not, you know, it's not like a bet where if you lose, the money's gone. It's fantasy. You triple each play. You're good to go. Um, and if you want to do that, go to playmkf.com slash we want picks and use promo code WWP. They will instantly match your deposit. Use the free match money. Use that. Get comfortable. And then use your real money if you want to. Either way, this is a tougher fight. I agree. Joanne Calderwood is probably the side, but I'm leaning towards Lauren Murphy. I think her streak is not because she's had some favorable matchups and the, her streak is just pure determination, grit. She's just incredibly tough, has no quit in her whatsoever. And I think that's what we are going to see on Saturday. I think she's going to come marching forward, get in Joanne Calderwood's face, use that size, that strength, and just be as physical as she can be. And I think she'll grind out a win. Am I uh, going to bet on that? No. But I do think she'll grind out a win. Maybe if those odds move and she becomes a bigger underdog, I'll play that. But at plus 125, that's almost even money. I'm not that confident. I'm going to dig into this one a little bit more throughout the week because I, I feel like there's probably a good bet here. But um, I just want to dig into the tape a little bit more. And I also want to just see where that line moves and a couple props. But I think there's going to be an opportunity on this one. Yeah, and let us know in the comments what, what your play is. And if you're placing a bet on this, let us know. I love seeing what you guys are doing because there are bets that I'll see in the comments that I'll just straight up steal them. It's a great bet. And, uh, and by and the I'll way, if you, if you do sign up for Bet Online, make sure you reach out to us and give us your uh, user ID because we will Venmo you cash. Um, I think uh, shout out to Ansi, one of the OGs of the group. Um, he signed up. He, he sent us his username. I think Angela is going to reach out to him or – if he wants to reach out to Angelo, but we will Venmo you some cash for joining. Um, that's in addition to any sort of uh, promotions they run. They have match deposits and all of that. So go to wewantpicks.com slash bets. Check out the different options because there's a few different uh, few different promotions and they're always changing them up. But really, really cool site uh, if you like betting and you like sportsbook. And they have everything else. They have poker too. So and this if you're, is, uh, if you're like a true degenerate like me, as Angela likes to say, I'll go on there and I'll play craps, blackjack, you name it. They, they don't need a window into your life, Dan. They, <laughs> they know enough. And actually the plus three and a half on Lauren Murphy is probably a solid bet. But we'll explore that. We do our full betting guide and then the final betting guide 
on Saturdays. I think the ultimate low, Angelo, was when we bet uh, that there would, whether or not there would be a cup shot uh, in the Floyd Mayweather. That was a low. Just rooting for somebody to get hit in the nuts. What a yeah. waste of money. That oh, was. you almost got it. That was a little low. <laughs> yeah. Come on, ref. Next up at UFC 263, we have one of three rematches on this card. We have Eric Anders versus Darren Stewart. This is a rematch, but it's at a different weight class, right? Wasn't the first fight at... I believe this rematch is at a different weight class. This is at light heavyweight. The first fight was at middleweight, so they've bumped up. Uh, and I, I'm going to say it's an interesting matchup, but uh, we were high on Eric Anders last time. I had Eric winning that fight, and I and it was in the league. I did not. I had Stewart. You I had was Stewart? like, I was all in on Stewart the last time, I think. Yeah, I, I was high on Eric Anders. There was an illegal knee, and I don't know how much you can look at the last fight because that's always interesting, right? It is a rematch. But with that being said, are they going to fight the exact same way? I assume not, right? They learned from that fight. They, they're going to make some changes so they don't fight the exact same way. But Eric Anders is 2-1-1 one, and one in his last five, and so is Darren Stewart. Both of these guys sort of at a crossroads in their career. Uh, Eric's the favorite because, you know, he was looking a little better in his last fight. Uh, and I think Eric probably should be the favorite. I think Eric Anders wins this rematch. But again, it rematches are funny that way, especially one that ends the way this one ended. You don't necessarily know what's going to happen because you can't just assume they're going to do the exact same thing that they did last time. But I, I don't know what your thoughts are here, Dan, but yeah, no. I mean, I, I I was I was pretty high on Stewart in this last one. I just thought he was the all around better fighter everywhere. Um, I, I thought it was going to be a striking match, which it was. Um, I thought it would end up in the clinch at some points, which it did. Um, and I kind of said, unless and Anders lands a big bomb, I see Stewart outclassing on the feet and probably anywhere the fight goes, which sort of happened for like two minutes. But then Anders did land a bomb. And unfortunately for him, he threw that like halfway you know, yeah, knee, and I think Stewart got bailed out. But I mean, he hadn't been knocked out, I think, by anybody before that. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm nervous about this one after last time because I think Anders was probably on his way to a, to a finish there. Um, and I did not see that being the case going into it. Now, I will say Stewart took that last fight, I think, short notice, I believe. Like you said, this is a different weight class. I believe more of a full training camp. So we could see a totally different fight here. Um, as far as my pick goes, I, you know what? I guess I got to stick with my original analysis. Chalk up the last one as just a weird fight. I'm going to go with Stewart. Uh, plus money, I think I like him here. Um, I think he'll be uh, you know, motivated, having a full tra training camp. Um, I'll take him in this one. And then... Monkey knife. Uh, I'm gonna go with more and more. Okay. I'm going more and more. Also, yep. I don't think that. Yeah, I mean, Stewart was rocked in that one, but prior to that, he had hung in there with a lot of top high-level strikers. Eight shots, stayed competitive. So, um, I, I think this is more and more all day. And I'm gonna look for some sort of uh, bet for Bet Online in this fight because I think there's value. I just want to do a little bit more research on what Stewart's been doing training where he's at. So throughout the week, I'm going to dig into this one. Cause I, I mean, I said, it's funny. I said, I wasn't going to say it when I came in here. I was like, I'm not picking Stewart again, but I, I <laughs> literally just 
<laughs> ignoring what I told myself a half hour ago. I think I got to go with Stewart at plus money, and I might find a good prop bet as well. You know what prop bets I've been liking uh, when when the outcomes, you know, I'm, I'm not always 100% positive. I love the over-under on rounds. I'm loving that. Yeah. And sometimes they blow it. Sometimes it's like one and a half rounds. It's like, all right, I can do one and a half. And two and a half is great because two and a half rounds in a three-round fight basically means is there a stoppage or is there not? Right. So in this case, I, I haven't seen the odds, but an under is probably pretty solid. I think there may be a stoppage. My concern here is – so I think Eric wins, um, but my concern is he knows he has the power. He pretty much got the knockout last time. I, I hope he doesn't come out here chasing that again, just throwing wild, everything with 100% heat because he knows he can touch Darren. That would be my concern is that he's it's sort of caution to the wind because he's just chasing that exact same you know punch again. One thing I will say about their last fight, I think which is what surprised me kind of and why I was going Stewart so heavily prior to it, is I think Eric Anders made some significant adjustments before that fight in terms of conditioning and just overall uh, preparedness. Like he, I think he had some performances where he gassed out, he looked slow, and he said it in interviews. He's like, I was embarrassed that I fought like that. So when you can acknowledge that and say that and then come back, like he looked like he was in a, a different fighter in that last fight. So if we have more of that, I mean, who knows? He could do the same thing again. Um, so we'll see. I think it's going to be a good fight and probably one where in DraftKings, you could play both sides of it if you're in tournament entries. And yeah. I'd say there's a lot of value on Stewart, but I bet Eric is probably the better DraftKings play because he has the actual, I mean, not that Darren doesn't have the knockout power, but Eric has shown us he can knock this exact human being out. The problem is that if he chases it, he may be on the wrong side of just getting touched up and, and being caught on the outside right well either way it'll be a fun fight I'm, I'm looking forward to this fight i think the the monkey knife fight play is definitely more and more because even if eric is chasing that knockout that's going to be a lot of volume and darren will be trying to keep him away or, or imposing his own um and and we'll, we'll get past a round or two and that's all you need to get 50 you know more than 60 and more than 35 so i like that monkey knife fight line i'm playing the more and more there Next up at UFC 263, we have Drew Dober versus Brad Riddell. Two strikers that are going to go at it. Uh, Drew Dober, three and two in his last five. Brad Riddell, five and zero oh in his last five. He's looked fantastic. Um, it, this is the hardest one. I've, I think I said this earlier, so maybe I'm full of crap. This is one of the harder ones. Like I, I really want to pick Brad Riddell here. I really, really do. Drew Dober is tricky, though. Like, Drew Dober has Don't back been... off what you said earlier to me. I mean, let's... I think Brad Riddell wins. Let me build up to it. Yeah, all right. Well, you just sound like you're backpedaling. You were very confident earlier when we spoke. I, I, no, I saw your bets and I said, really? I think Brad Riddell wins. I didn't, I didn't break it down, but I, I think Brad Riddell wins. And, and Drew Dober is very tough and very good. We picked against him in his last fight. He was like, the underdog pick of the century for some reason against Islam, which was crazy to me. I mean, we know wrestling is the issue and, and Islam is, is as good as it gets when it comes to the wrestling department. So that there were no surprises for us in that last fight, but that still doesn't take away from who Drew Dober actually is. And he was on a nice streak until the Islam fight. He, you know, he, he's got very good striking. He's very tough. Um, and, and he, 
imposes his will when he needs to, and he does it effectively. Brad Riddell is, I think, the more technical striker. He scrambles really, really well if he needs to. I think this will be a close fight, but I'm going with you Brad said Riddell. Riddell is the more technical striker? I think so. The more technical boxer, at least. Um, and I think Brad wins because he's a little more technical. So my, my pick is Brad Riddell. Uh, I, I think this is like razor thin. With that being said, I think DraftKings is where Brad shines. I mean, $7,700 in a fight that he can win. $7,700 is a very low number. If you look at the odds, the odds are probably pretty accurate. But DraftKings, I think he's way more alive than $7,700 in DraftKings. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you there on the DraftKings value. There is definitely value on Riddell here because I think it's going to be a close fight. Um, I went, I, <clears throat> I watched tape on both of them, and it's going to be high-level striking kind of from, from both guys. I did decide to pay the 8500 for Drew Dober. Um, but, you know, before I get into him and why I think it's going to happen, let's break down Riddell real quick. So good, good stocky striker, mostly boxing. So I'll give you that. Probably a more technical boxer, but it's mostly boxing out of him. Um, really good jab, good left hook. He's totally fine with trading in the pocket. Um, solid takedown defense, although I don't think that's going to matter in this fight. No. Um He's got a good training camp with Volkanovski, Kaikara France, City Kickboxing, that whole crew. So he's got a good team around him. Um, his last fight against Alex Da Silva, um, he got he got he lost that first round. I mean, he got taken down, controlled. Um, he did work to get up pretty well um, and shot his own takedown kind of randomly. Almost got caught in a guillotine, but Da Silva clearly won. Da Silva definitely won that first round. Um, the second round though, is where you got to see Brad Rydell kind of defend the takedowns a lot better, started landing more punches, but again, still competitive. And then the third round is where Riddell's defending the takedowns really allowed him to let his hands go show that he had the better conditioning. Um, and he started pouring it on. So I think his conditioning won him that fight more than anything. Um, but, you know, overall, I was really impressed with kind of both guys. But Riddell looked very, very good. Um, then we get to Drew Dober. So trains with Gaethje, another very good camp. Uh, high, high-level striker, in my opinion. Uh, southpaw, powerful left hand. The thing I am most impressed by him uh, or impressed with him uh, by is his ability to pressure people and cut off angles. He is relentless pressure, great pace, great cardio, very, very good takedown defense. I mean, don't watch his last fight because I think Islam made it look like he doesn't have good takedown defense. But if you watch the takedowns in that fight, Islam uh, has some of the most diverse uh, variety of takedowns possible. It's very, very hard to prepare for a guy like that. He could double leg you. He could single leg you. He could hit you with a trip. He could do Greco. Like, he is just a very, very, very good wrestler. Um, so I think that compl that wrestling completely nullified Dober's abilities. Um, but if you look at other fights where he had more striking exchanges, like the Hernandez fight, who's also a good striker, um, when he got taken down, he got right back up. Um, but that's where I was most impressed by his ability to just stalk guys down. And he's never in a straight line. He's cutting off angles. And he's working that to his advantage. Like he beat up Hernandez on the feet so bad 
and I mean, just walked him down. It was just, to me, it was one of the most impressive fights um, I've seen striking wise out of a while. I think Joe Rogan actually said he's one of, he's one of the most underrated fighters in the UFC or mo- one of the most underrated strikers in the UFC. Um, and, and I agree. So I think this fight's going to be very definitely fight of the night potential. Um, but I give Dover the edge here in the power and also kind of the diversity of his attack. I think he's got more Muay Thai Thai style uh, capabilities, more kicks if needed. Um, So I'm going with him. I think it's going to be a slugfest, a ton of points either way. And I think Dober just got the upside of the knockout. Um, And I think, I think he's just a little bit better to be honest, striking wise. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be a close fight. Um, I said, Brad, you know, Brad's my pick because of his, I I think his boxing is just more technical. I think he's a little faster. Um, but I'm not confident enough in that to throw money or anything like that on it. Uh, I'm just feeling Brad. I got a bet on this one. but I don't know what the lines move to, but check out bet online. If you can, I got a thing at minus one forty, so it might be moving that way. But honestly, I would take him all the way up to minus one sixty, minus one. I I just think you're that confident. Wow. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm not that confident. I just I like I like stylistically how this fight goes for him. So I'm not that confident in in my pick, but what I am very confident in is the more more on this line. The the only way the monkey knife fight line you don't get more and more is if there is a stoppage. Other than that, it is only striking. There will be zero time wasted against the cage, zero time wasted with takedown. This will be only striking. I do think it should go the distance. I think they're both really tough guys. Um, so I, I, I'm playing more and more, and I'm and I'm very confident in that. So I will triple my money on the monkey knife I play by going to playmkf.com slash we want picks. And if you would like to use promo code WWP and they will instantly match your first deposit, use that free instant match money and play the more and more here. Do you agree with that? Uh, yeah, more and more faux show. Yeah, they, they should hit that by the middle of the second round, honestly. The only thing that would upset that would be if Dober gets a knock. I mean, either one could get a knockout, I guess, but I think Dober would be the more likely to do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think this is going to go probably the distance and they're both going to punch each other a lot. So yep. uh, yeah, more and more all day. Yeah. As soon as those lines come out, hit it because monkey knife fight, just like actual betting lines move with the money. So play that before this one moves. I'm, I'm very confident in this line. Next up at UFC 263, we have Paul Craig versus Jamal Hill. We have grappler versus striker. It's as cut and dry as that. Paul Craig is three, one, and one in his last five, where Jamal Hill is four, one, and one in his last five. Lots of fighters with draws in their last couple of fights coming up um, on this card. With that being said, Paul Craig is absolutely a grappler. He's very dangerous on the ground, and he's incredibly tough. And you know how I know he's tough? He beat Ankalaev with one second left in the entire fight. He was losing that fight. There was one second left, and he pulled it off. And to me, that says everything. I love seeing that. I love seeing, and I know we broke down Chase Hooper earlier, and I was not so favorable with him, but I love seeing when guys can get beat up and then still win in the third round, still win late in the fight, because it tells me they don't quit. It tells me that they're never out of it. And they're always there. And th- that is Paul Craig. Very dangerous uh, grappler. If he gets hit or if he gets his hands on you at all, it is a problem. 
because he will take you down from anywhere. He'll bully you. He'll make something happen. Um, and and Jamal Hill, a very good boxer, a very good boxer, and he's incredibly patient. He takes his time. He has nice kicks, but he likes to take his time and make things happen and set things up. So the way I see this is Jamal needs to fight a perfect fight. He needs to fight a perfect fight. If he's going to win this fight, he needs to stay on the outside, take his time, and use his striking for three rounds with no mistakes. Because if he makes any mistake whatsoever, Paul Craig will take him down. And once they get down, I think that's a big-time problem. So I have Paul Craig winning this fight. Um, I took him at the – was it plus 240? That yeah. seems high. Did I take him that high? I guess I took him that high. So I got it up. Or sorry, uh, low. I mean, I thought it was higher than that. So I took him at the plus 240. Um, I have him winning this fight. And like I said, I think Jamal Hill, while is a very good striker, I think he just needs to be perfect to win this fight. And and at some point, he will make a mistake. He'll let Paul get too close. Or Paul is just going to march forward, take whatever shots he has to take, and then get the takedown and win from there. So Dan, I know you were also pretty high on Paul Craig, but do you see it going the same way? Yeah, so, uh, I mean, it's funny. My mindset changed on Paul Craig as I watched tape on him. So I started with the first Shogun fight, right? So well, you already covered the baseline. High-level jiu-jitsu player. I'm reading here, striking is okay. He's definitely not afraid to trade. But let's talk about the first Shogun fight, right? So that first round, he went out there. I don't even think he tried to shoot a takedown. And he stood toe-to-toe with Shogun with his chin straight up in the air, just, I mean, and he, he was winning the round, but it was like, I was just waiting for Shogun to land a massive bomb and put him away. It didn't happen. Um, he survived the round, but that alone, I was like, Oh my God, that is the single worst game plan you could have against Shogun. <laughs> doesn't matter how old he is. Like the power is the last thing to go. And he just did not care. He did not seem to mind that at all. So, that concerns me a little bit, but what I did see is after and that, that fight was a draw, right? You know, by the third round, uh, well, let's let's talk about the second round of that fight. So second round of that fight, Craig ended up on his back. Again, so I saw something I hate where he's just totally okay with playing guard. Unless you're Damian Maya or somebody who's going to, like, be able to sweep to your back. And I know he's very, very good at jiu-jitsu, but – it is just tough to be a guard player these days, unless you're like one of three or four people. Um, but he was totally happy to do it against Shogun and Shogun ground and pounded and won that second round. Um, and then the third round shot a terrible shot, pulled guard again and got controlled again. Most of the third round. So I was like, geez, this is doesn't look good. His wrestling doesn't look great. His striking looks like very green. And he seems very willing to trade with someone who's a known striker probably not going to be good against a guy like Jamal Hill. Then I watched their second fight and I thought the second fight between Craig and Shogun. And I thought he improved significantly. His striking looked better. I mean, it's still not on the level of Jamal Hill, but his striking looked much better. He looked more confident. He looked uh, more powerful. His wrestling looked better. He got a ton of takedowns. He had sweeps. Uh, sub attempts like he just looked like a he started looking like a complete mma fighter as opposed to just a jiu-jitsu guy um so i think he's been working hard on improving where he needs to because 
he said early on in his career, he's like, oh, I was a jujitsu guy and I kind of got into MMA as a mistake. Like all he did was jujitsu. Um, but you can see uh, the evolution of his game. And I think he's becoming a more complete fighter. Um, and he dominated that fight. Like ground and pound. Shogun tapped to, uh, to strikes. Uh, I mean, he was, I mean, let's level set something too. This is Shogun as he's older. At 40, yeah. Right, gassed out, but still, I mean, just the, what I saw on tape from Craig was significantly improved from their first fight. Then we talk about Jamal Hill, right? So very fast, athletic southpaw striker, good jab, straight shots. His defense is suspect though. Uh, He keeps his chin up in the air. Uh, he relies on his athleticism to kind of evade shots as, as to having, instead of having kind of sound traditional defense. Um, and his last two wins are against, you know, OSP, which is a legit win. I think I lost. Yeah, that is a that good one. win. I thought OSP was going to, well, first of all, I think OSP had the worst game plan ever there. Uh, it was working in the first round, second round, not so much. Um, and then he also beat Darko Stosic. So uh, the OSP fight was all striking. OSP was tearing him up with leg kicks that first round. Uh, the second round, though, Hill started catching him with combos. The speed started being a factor. Um, and OSP, for some reason, like I feel like he forgot that wrestling existed, and he was more than happy to just stand against the cage and take shots instead of even try for a takedown. Um, so I just thought it was a bad game plan from OSP. Uh, so he lost that fight, but good win for Hill. Two fights ago is where I see the biggest uh, takeaways uh, on Jamal Hill. So he fought Darko Stosic. Stosic got a takedown on him in the first round. Couldn't keep him down. Got a couple of good shots. Got like in on shots pretty easily, but didn't really have the wrestling skills to kind of finish him. But the shots were there. If he had more footwork and, and you know, traditional run through uh, wrestling footwork, he would have gotten even more shots than he did. Um, but it always ended up back on the feet where Hill pieced him up. Um, third round, though, you have a really tired Stochik, and he got another takedown, landed ground and pound, and anytime he took a shot, he got it easily. I think he got five takedowns in that fight, and I don't think any of them were even close to being defended. So if that hasn't improved, I think this fight is going to be a big problem for him. I think Craig's wrestling improvement and Hill's lack of takedown defense. I, I, I think I think Craig is is very very live to win this fight. Um, I've got some bets on him at the money line. I've got some prop bets on him by sub TKO. I think there's value on him in DraftKings, but um, you know he could get you know again let's rewind to that first shogun fight he was more than happy to go out there and trade with shogun in the first round so if he does that in this fight he could get put away but if he fights smart and just grinds out wrestle 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 it might end up looking like a lopsided win for him so i think there's value on craig i like him in this spot especially at these values um and then total strikes it's a hard line. Yeah, the only reason I think it's hard is because I think Craig is going to get takedowns very easily. Yeah, I think I think Craig's a more for sure. Jamal yeah, Hill's a hard. Jamar, Jamal Hill's hard at sixty three. Right, like he Jamal might get Hall. taken down and not. You know, I don't know. It could be like a, a Kevin Holland type thing where like yeah, the, yeah. Guy, the guy just doesn't care and will spend the whole fight on his back. So I don't know. I'm going to go more more. Um, 
just on the probably the safer you know, play. I'm, I'm gonna, I don't know, more, more, or more, less. That's definitely the more on Craig. I think it's up to you to what your opinion of how this fight's going to go. Of, um, you know, yeah. I'm gonna go more or less because I think that leaves the upside for a potential uh, Hill knockout as well, right? So, let's say Craig wins the first wrestling, Hill gets a knockout early in the second. You're probably gonna cover that more or less. So, yeah, and that and that that could definitely be the case. And the, the last thing I'll add here is I, I like Paul Craig at 6,800 bucks in DraftKings. Takedowns score five points. A couple of takedowns, that's yeah. a ton of points. You get riding time now. And DraftKings definitely favors grapplers um, as far as the scoring is concerned. So, um, you know, I, I think I this is a good DraftKings, actually. What'd you say? I said, I think maybe actually I do have him in DraftKings. After you said no. Wow. So there goes your credibility. Great. And I thought Jacob mm-hmm. wasn't here today. So anyway, I think, I think um, Paul Craig is the play in DraftKings. I think he's the bet. If you want to place a bet, go to wewantpicks.com slash bets. We have links for you to give you free money so that you can place this bet with Bet Online. They by far have the best props and the best lines, and they have them earlier than anybody else. And if you want to hit the more, more, the more, less in Monkey Knife Fights, go to playmkf.com slash wewantpicks and use promo code WWP, and they will instantly match your deposit. Next up at UFC 263, we have... One of the more fun fights in the entire card. We have Damian Maya, the absolute legend, the OG, one of the best jujitsu guys to ever do it in UFC, who then also learned how to strike and wrestle, versus Bilal Muhammad, who is almost, not quite, but almost a younger version of Damian Maya. He certainly has the forward pressure. He certainly has the sort of, I'm going to try to take you down over and over gusto. Does he have the same jujitsu? I don't think so. But anyway, Damian Maya is 28 and 10. He is three and two in his last five, where Bilal Muhammad is four and one in his last five, and he's 18 and three. And if you remember, sorry, not four and one, four oh and one. There was a no contest, a draw, whatever you want to call it. Um, it was that really nasty eye poke. Um, and that was bad, and that wasn't very long ago. That was not even three months ago. I don't know how his eye is right now. I mean, that was bad. So I don't know how long it took to heal. I don't know how long it took to heal. I don't know what kind of training he was able to get in after it healed. We're talking less than three months. It's like two months and a couple of weeks. Let's assume it took, you know, five weeks to heal. I mean, it's an eye. You've had some bad eye injuries uh, in your MMA career, I and mean, it takes a while. Yeah, I mean, it totally depends. I didn't see what the – I'm sure it was a very bad scratch cornea. I don't know if it touched his retina at all. But, yeah, I had I had uh, major eye issues for a little while. Uh, actually, from the Brett Rogers uh, – Brian Rogers fight. If you watch that fight back, he threw a thumb that scraped across my eyeball. And after that um, – it wasn't so much that it took a long time to heal. It was that I would just be light sparring and just get like tapping. It would get tapped, scratch it immediately again. I saw like multiple eye doctor specialists um, and it kept happening. And every time it happens, you basically have to sit in a dark room for two days and take painkillers and then you're fine. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. That was my experience. Who knows? His might have been fine a week later or if he had retina damage, it might have been a really bad thing. So 
Um, my guess is he's all right, unless it's been an ongoing thing uh, prior to this. But well, yeah. it's an this is an interesting matchup here. So that that's the eye. I, I don't know. You guys let us know if you think the eye is a factor. Maybe it's not. I mean, I imagine he has his own health and well-being in, in his best interest. So he's not going to put himself in danger if he doesn't need to. Um, but it was a bad, it was a pretty bad injury and not too, too long ago. Damian Maya coming off that knockout loss to, um, Doninho. Um, oh my God. What's his name? Knockout just knocked him. Gilbert Burns. He's oh, coming yeah, off yeah, a yeah. knockout to Gilbert Burns, but he took Gilbert Burns down. He it's was doing what he does to Gilbert Burns. And then Gilbert Burns caught him. Bilal Muhammad does not have that same knockout power. This is a hard fight, though, because Bilal Muhammad is a non-stop grappler wrestler. Non-stop. He's not as good of a grappler as Damian Maya, but he's non-stop. Damian Maya, same thing, except Damian Maya's got some pretty good striking as well. Damian, or, uh, Bilal Muhammad's got some pretty good striking. So they're very evenly matched as far as striking and, and I think, wrestling offense. The grappling, I don't think anybody's evenly matched with Damian Maya. But pace, cardio, youth, power, I assume Bilal has all of those. So this is this is a hard one to pick. I, I you know, I said after Jacare, I'm not picking anybody over 40. But Damian Maya, man, he's 43. But what does he look like at 43 after a year off? He might look younger. He might look better. I mean, Damian Maya is 43 in a year layoff. You think he's gonna look younger? Yeah, he may. I went on vacation. I looked 10 years younger. Is he doing it was just a week. Or I mean. <laughs> younger, like he let his body heal. Like, dude, Nick Newell on our show, he fights Friday. Watch that live stream. He basically retired. His body was so beat to crap. He's just like, I can't do this anymore. Took a year off, came back, looked amazing. Just let his injuries heal, did what he needed to do. He looked Nick fantastic. Newell's also in his mid you know, I don't know. Yes, yeah, no, he's I, not. In my opinion, field. I'm not that old yet, but. Uh, I'll shout out my dad, who's, geez, he's probably 66 now. He played competitive baseball, fast pitch baseball, with my friends until he was like, probably almost 60. And I asked him, like, because all my friends were like, dude, your dad's still playing? That's crazy. And he was good. He still could hit the ball. Um, he just said the reason he was able to do it is because he never stopped. So I think when you hit a certain age, the time off goes the other way. Yeah, it could. Uh, that's just my thoughts on it. Like a year off at 43. I think that that's probably worse than staying. It could, yeah, it could be. And there's two schools of thought because I, I saw it as maybe he just needed to give his body a break. He was coming off a knockout. He was pretty active before that just needed a break, let things heal. But you're right. Time is, is not on his side. With that being said, these guys are very similar. They're very similar, similar styles. Uh, Bilal is probably the more, overall well-rounded mixed martial artist, as crazy as that sounds. But Damian Maya was always incredibly singular focused. He added the striking later in his career. The Damian Maya that we've seen the last few years is not the Damian Maya we saw the first 10 years, not even close, but it's, it's a hard pick, man. This is, this is a really, really hard pick. I didn't touch it anywhere because I, I genuinely have no clue. I'm not spending $9,000 on Bilal Muhammad, not against the, the greatest submission artist in the history of MMA, in my opinion. No way. But I, I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts here? This, this is so hard. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's at. I think this is – it's going to come down to Bilal Muhammad's game plan, and I think he's smart enough and, you know, he's definitely skilled enough of a fighter to implement that. Um, 
But let's start with Damian Maya. I mean, talk about literally the toughest gatekeeper of the top 10 probably the UFC has ever had, right? Like, basically anyone who beats him gets a title shot or becomes a champion. You know, Gilbert Burns, Woodley, Usman, Colby, like those are his only losses. Everybody else who he's beaten, and he's beaten some good guys, Anthony Rocco Martin, Lyman Good, George Masvidal. Uh, so he's good. He's he's like the perennial top 10 uh, gatekeeper. And I hate to even say gatekeeper because that kind of sounds like it's discrediting him. He's just unbelievably good. He's got a style that's pe- very hard for people to deal with. Um, he's had very good wrestling that he developed into his own game in MMA. Um and even when he can't get the wrestling, he's got these things where he can pull into half guard and still make it a, like he'll pull half guard, sweep you and end up on top if he can't get the takedown. So uh, it's crazy how many guys he's tricked with that whole thing. And, and they know it's coming and they can't stop it. So uh, I have nothing but respect for Damian Maya and yeah. what he's been able to do against kind of the top of the division for so long. But he's 43 years old. He's fighting Bilal Muhammad, who is also very good, and he's 32 years old, and he's really kind of been firing on all cylinders. Um, I think he's definitely the superior striker. I think Bilal Muhammad, as far as striking goes, yeah, Damian Maya has made improvements, but Bilal Muhammad is definitely the better striker. Um, I think he's got good takedown. De- he's got very good takedown defense, so I think that's going to be a tough path for Maya, tougher than usual. Um, and I think he's also good enough at jujitsu to where if he does get taken down, like the, the recipe's out there already. Don't overreact. Don't overscramble. Survive, you know, cover your neck. And even if you take the first round down, you can come back and win in the second and third. So I think Bilal Muhammad is going to win. I think he's, you know, he's going to follow that bru- blueprint that the other guys put out there. Defend takedowns, avoid the ground, make it a striking match. Um don't make a mistake in a scramble. And if you do, don't panic. Survive the round or get out if you can, uh, at like a, a measured escape. So I think that's the path to victory. I think Bilal Muhammad will do that. I think he's the side here. Um, but I'm not spending 9,000 in DraftKings. Uh, I think he's going to be too nervous to make a mistake, and rightfully so, to be as aggressive as he'd want to be. And if he does get taken down for a round, it's going to be Damian Maia on his back for four and a half minutes. So. Um, not touching a DraftKings betting. The line is too far apart. Um, I may look actually. This may be this may be a candidate for our favorite th- plus three and a half bets because Damian Maya could win a round, right? Like Damian Maya yes. could, could. First of all, Damian Maya could win this entire fight. But even if you think Bilal wins, like you do, Damian Maya could win a round. He can get a takedown, ride that round out, and then going forward, Bilal is like, nope, I'm going to piece him up my feet and and stay away, or I'm going to take him down and just elbow in his mouth. But yeah. but I think Damien could win a round. I'll have to check those those plus three-and-a-half-point yeah. uh, bets. Yeah, I, I think the fight does go to decision. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that might not be a bad play. Um, it just I don't know what I'm going to get. You're going to get out of Maya at 43. We'll see. Um, total strikes, I'm going to go with less, less. Wow. Could be. It, 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 that's an interesting one because I, I what I completely agree with you on. I, I Bilal is probably the pick. This is the hardest thing. I'm not confident in that whatsoever. Um, where where Actually, you're definitely now that I'm rethinking that, if Bilal does what he's supposed to do, they'll be striking the whole fight. So, 
That's what I was just going to say. It comes down to, and you said it before, It it's all, what is Bilal's game plan? If he is like, you know, I'm going to fight my fight. Well, his fight is come forward, use his wrestling and his grappling. But if he's like, you know, smart enough to know and not cocky, right? He could be like, I don't care who Damien is. I'm going to do what I do. But he could he also might be able to do that, by the way, but that's definitely not the path path of least resistance for sure. Yeah, I, I wouldn't yeah, he, he definitely could because if you wouldn't it's much easier to be on top than it is to be on bottom. But look what happened to Ben Askren. And Ben Askren's but Bilal is not the wrestler that Ben Askren is, and Ben Askren's not the grappler that Bilal is. But look what happened with Ben Askren against Damian Maya. Right. It just takes one mistake and then that's it. So it would not be a wise game plan. It's certainly one that could work. It would not be a wise one. Either way Everything about this is hard, right? DraftKings, there's probably value in Maya at $7,200 in DraftKings. The odds, I don't like the odds enough. The line is a very hard strike line. So I, I don't know what I'm going to do here. Uh, I may check out a prop bet or the plus three and a half. If you don't know what the plus three and a half bets are, basically, as you know, when they read off the judges' scorecards, Judge A scored at 10-9, Judge B scored at 30-27, whatever it is. Each one of those judges for every single round has to score 10 points or less. The plus three and a half totals up all of that and then adds three and a half points to the person you bet on. And the way the math works is the person you bet on with the three and a half, they only have to win one single round. That's it. Just one round. They can lose the next two rounds and you still hit your bet. I will probably, if I play anything here, that is what I will do with Damian Maya. I'll buy the round basically at the plus three and a half. And all I'm hoping for is he wins a single round. Get his if, back one time. That's it. Yep. Get the takedown one time. Get his back. Now, if he wins outright, great. I still win, but yeah. you know, it's not that, a bad play. Point. If you think Maya's going to make, get to his back at some point, that's not, because he's not play. useless. He's still very good. It's not like he's completely useless and can't win around. First of all, I think he can win this fight, let alone a single round, but we'll see what happens. I mean, below is a grappling machine. And, and his pressure is insane. But if you want to hit that bet, go to wewantpicks.com slash bets. There's a few different options for you. Click a link, sign up for bet online, go find that plus three and a half and grab it. It is the only sports book that does those three and a half bets. And you will be very happy you did. That. And if you sign up, send us your user ID because we will Venmo you some cash. So we're trying to build up a relationship with them. So anybody who signs up, it helps us. We will spread the love and send you some cash. So, um, PayPal, Venmo, however you want to, however you want it. Next up at UFC 263, we have a five round non-title fight, five round non-main event. The only time in UFC history that they put a five round fight in the middle of a fight card. We have Leon Edwards versus the return of Nate Diaz. Leon Edwards is four and one in his last five. That it's not, I keep saying one. I keep giving that a loss. It's a no contest. It's not a loss. It was the eye poke against Bilal Muhammad. We just broke down the Bilal Muhammad fight. And what's funny about that is one of them had a horrific eye injury. The other one was completely unscathed, and they're on the same card. Again, that goes into what do you think about the eye of Bilal Muhammad? Same exact recovery time and training camp time for both these guys, and one was on the wrong end of an eye injury. Anyway, we already broke that fight down. Leon Edwards. 4-0-1 in his last five. Nate Diaz, 3-2 in his last five. Nate Diaz, a giant underdog. Leon Edwards, a giant favorite. 
I think this is pretty spot on across the board. I love Nate Diaz. Everybody loves Nate Diaz, but I just don't see the the pitter patter striking, which is you know what he does. I don't see that being a problem for Leon, and I don't see him submitting Leon. Obviously, Nate Diaz has phenomenal submissions, terrible wrestling, and very good high volume hands, and that's represented in this strike line. Um, so I, I think everything here is correct. I think the strike lines are correct. I think the betting odds are correct. I think the DraftKings prices are correct. It is all correct. I have Leon Edwards in my DraftKings lineup. I think he's worth the money. I, I love Nate Diaz, but I don't think Nate Diaz has it anymore. And certainly, in my opinion, if I'm the matchmaker, if I'm Mick Maynard, I'm using Nate Diaz for the fun, big fights. I am not putting Nate Diaz up against Leon Edwards, who should be fighting for a title. It's almost like they want to put him in his place because you know they're always arguing. It's like, oh, man, really? This is the, <laughs> this is the fight he's got to come back to because I'm the same as you. I'm so pumped he's back. Uh, you know, It was a long layoff, and I'm a huge fan of his. I love watching him fight. I just wish he had a different opponent because – I agree. I think this is going to be a very tough fight for him. Um, but, I mean, Diaz is just, like he says, a guy is a straight gangsta. He's always <laughs> in shape. Good, Very good boxing. I wouldn't, you know, I know you say pitter-patter. It looks like that a little bit, and it is, but it is volume punching yeah. at its finest. You know what I mean? And he's got good boxing uh, behind it. Like, he's in some legit boxing gyms training all the time. So, he also can make it scrappy if he needs to. Um, but he's always susceptible to leg kicks. There's holes in his wrestling. I think, you know, his, you know, guard jujitsu is not really a factor anymore these days, you know? Um, so I just think it's going to be a tough matchup for him unless for some reason later on in the fight, his cardio is that much better than Leon Edwards. I don't think it will be. They both have had long layoffs, but Leon Edwards has gone five before with Rafael Dos Andros. It wasn't a problem. He won that fight. So uh, I think this is just a tough matchup for Nate Diaz across the board. Um, Leon Edwards, this guy, let's face it, this guy's probably been the true number one contender for a while now. Um, I think he's probably better than Nate anywhere, really. Uh, boxing, I would say, would be the closest kind of skill set between the two. Um, I think everywhere else, Leon kind of dominates. Uh, wrestling, clinch, athleticism, uh, conditioning, conditioning could be an edge for Diaz, but with the long layoffs, you just, who knows, you know, even his last fight, he didn't look quite as, you know, Peppy. Uh, like he was ready to turn it on in those later rounds. I know he said he was gonna, but he was getting, he was getting worked by Masvidal. Um, so I don't know. I, I think, uh, I, I think Leon Edwards is going to beat him up. Diaz is tough enough to where it could go five, but I think it's going to be somewhat of a massacre. I hope I'm wrong, but um, I think Edwards is going to slice him up in the clinch and just and and put a kind of put a beating on him. And it's probably the fight that he needed to be able to then make a, a title shot call out. And if he wins, they should give it to him at this point. So yeah, um, I'm taking uh, Edwards in DraftKings. I agree. I think he's worth the 9,500. Um, and strikes, I'll go, geez, please. I'll go with, <laughs> it's very high. I still go on more and more, man. More and more, huh? I mean, Nate Diaz, even when he loses, his hands just don't stop moving. He's not going to get stopped. I mean, he's toughest. He's not going to get stopped. Yeah. It's five rounds. 
Yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, yeah, I guess you're right. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I'm going to go more or less. I think I, Edwards will yeah. get it. I, I don't know. Diaz may spend some time on his back at points. Um, he might, but even there, his hands don't stop moving. Yeah, he's he literally goes them. boom, boom, boom. They count the slaps. Yeah. It's oh, a right. strike. Any strike. Stockton slaps count, then I'm and more and more. Yeah, I'm very confident that more and more, actually. And I'm looking at my my bet online. I did bet on this fight. I did the over on rounds, over four and a half rounds. I think it's plus 110. So basically, I'm betting that it goes to decision. But what's funny is the odds that it will go to decision was very heavy minus money. The over on rounds is plus money. It's so funny how that works. Well, dude, those are mistakes that happen. So if you can spot those, like yeah. I would – anybody who's out there and, and likes that and agrees with that, jump on it because they've done things like that before where they've got plus uh, 3.5 for the favorite. And you jump on it in time. Yeah. Yeah. They may not catch it for a day or so. And I wouldn't even say this is a mistake, like a typo. I think it's just, it's almost like two different people set the lines. And one of them is like, okay, yeah, over, eh, there may be a stoppage. Eh, let's do right. a little bit of plus money. And then another person is like, to go to decision, 100% minus right. 400. So either way, uh, that's the bet I made. And we're doing our full betting guide, so check that out. Neither one of us will both be rooting for Nate. I think best case scenario for me, because I'm doing monkey knife fights and the bet is Nate Diaz wins. Cause I like him. They both throw a million punches and it goes to a decision. Then I win all my money and I get to watch Nate win. It's better for the decision. If Leon wins, we need some fresh blood. Um, even though he's already fought Usman, but we need some fresh blood. Dude, by the way, if Nate wins, can you imagine <laughs> the call outs and the fights they can make there? Hey, hey, honestly, if Nate wins, he'll never fight again because he's going to want a hundred million dollars. They won't give it to him and he'll retire. That's what's going to happen. If he wins, they might have to get it. <laughs> so either way, that's our breakdown of this fight. Let us know in the comments what your heart is saying and what your head is saying. I'm very curious how many of you are with us saying, I want Nate to win, but he's not going to win. Next up at UFC 263, we have the rematch from one of the most exciting fights. The One of the most exciting fights that didn't have a winner that I've ever seen. We have Davison Figueredo versus Brandon Moreno in the rematch so obviously these two guys went at it they went a full five rounds it was a draw it was an awesome fight nobody gave brandon moreno sort of the credit that he deserved going into that fight everybody sort of thought that figueredo who is an absolute killer was gonna blow through brandon moreno with that being said figueredo has power for days um, this is the type of fight where you could probably double it up in DraftKings, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, Figueredo's got a ton of power. He's very good at baiting you into his game. He will like keep his hands in weird positions, let you think that you can strike with him, and then as soon as you commit, as soon as you come in, he's hitting you with those big, big power shots, making things happen. Um, he's very good at jujitsu. obviously. He's incredible off of his back. He does have, I don't want to say cardio issues, but he does fade later in the fights. And somebody like Brandon Moreno, who's incredibly tough, with a chin, doesn't quit, and who won the wrestling exchanges in the last fight, the cardio might be an issue in this fight. It, it genuinely might be an issue. Moreno does not have the same power. He does have high-volume striking output. Um, and I think he needs to absolutely push that pace 
continue to move forward, win the wrestling exchanges like he did last time. And I think that's the way he beats Figueredo. I it's it's hard, man, because I, I think I just feel like Figueredo is going to win this fight. I feel like he didn't take Brandon Moreno as seriously as he should have the last time. And now you know, now it's you know it's it's apparent that Brandon Moreno is very good, very tough, has phenomenal cardio, really good scrambles, and isn't gonna quit. So I think Figueredo wins the rematch. I it's this is a weird one where my heart and brain don't agree. My brain is like, it'll go to a decision again, but my heart is like, I don't think so. Like I just think Figueredo is gonna come out there and stop him. It's uh I'm very I think Figueredo is going to win for sure. The outcome and how is is my only question mark here. And I'm going to play more and more in the strike line. It's five rounds. They're little dudes. They went at it last time. They'll go at it again. Um, but what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I agree with a lot of that. I mean, one thing I have to say, though, kind of, well, first of all, after watching the first fight, as we know, this fight could be absolutely crazy. But I think we also have to take a, l- a look at reality if a point wasn't deducted, yeah, Figueredo won that fight, even on the decision. So think about that. You know, Moreno's yeah. best chance at winning, I think everyone agrees, is over the course of five, volume, you know, conditioning later rounds. And we saw that last fight. And Figueredo, I mean, whatever, it was a draw, but he would have won the fight had he not uh, kicked him in the cup in the whatever that was, the third round. Um, so, but I agree with you. I think that, this fight, Figueredo is going to be like, wow, this, that was like my get out of jail free. Like, even though he, he won the fight, you know, without that uh, point deduction, he's like, all right, I got to draw, but this kid is tougher than I thought. I got to go out there 1000% ready. And I think that's what we're going to see. And I think we may see um, what Davison Figueredo has done to a lot of other opponents, which is hurt him early, get a sub. Like, I think he's live to just reestablish himself as that killer in the division. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see it go either way. Five rounds of a slugfest and a close one again, where I think Figueredo will win. Um, or Figueredo comes out, walks him down, lands a big shot, gets a sub. So I'm going Figueredo here. Um, I think I am going to take him in DraftKings as well. Um, and... As far as bets go, I'm going to probably look at a prop for a finish for Figueredo and see what the sub prop line looks like. Uh, and Monkey Night Fight, this is Five one round. where I may play two. I may do more, more. And less, and I may do more, less. I mean, I'm sorry, less, less. Because then I'm covered on the Davison early finish, and I'm definitely covered on a five-round slugfest. I almost feel like that's just a lock for that's a hundred percent. I'm I'm writing that down. Uh, I'm gonna do that as soon as the lines go live. I'm gonna play both both sides of it. Right. It's like uh, you know because you'll still make yeah. It, we we've done the math for you a few times. Let's say in monkey knife fight, you triple your money with every play. If you play ten dollars, you win thirty. So if you do more more at ten dollars and it hits, you win thirty. You do less less at ten dollars, it hits, you win thirty. If you do both. That means you have spent $20. If one of them hits, you win 30. So you get your 20 back. The only you way you would lose is if one of them got over 127 and the other got under the 109 or vice versa. For I don't see how that happens because to get all the way up to 127, they're both in it. Right. I, I, yeah. I, right. I think, yeah. If they're going to those numbers, they're going all five and they're going to blow through those numbers. If they're going below those numbers, it's because someone got stopped. 
Yeah, I completely, I completely agree. Yeah, it's not going to be now. Somebody could get stopped later in the fight, but these are very close lines. If somebody's at one twenty-seven, then figure or Moreno's got to be at one hundred nine. Either way, that's my play here. Uh, I did. I've checked my bet online. I um, I did a half of a unit, so not a very significant bet. A half a unit on over four and a half rounds. I think I'll follow your lead. I'll hedge that with a. Uh, Figueredo stop it bet, but I think those are big time minus odds. But we'll have to take a look. If you want to bet and you like those odds or anything else that we talked about, go to wewantpicks.com slash bets, and we have multiple options for you. Click a link, sign up for bet online. After you sign up, let us know, and we will just straight up send you $20 as a thank you for supporting us and supporting bet online. Uh, we're trying to build that relationship, so thank you if you do that, and we'll send you some money. Next up at UFC 263, we have the main event. We have a title fight. We have a rematch. It's Israel Adesanya versus Marvin Vittori in a rematch, this time for the middleweight belt. Very interesting fight. And the reason it's interesting, it's so funny, because if this fight was booked six months ago, Israel Adesanya is a 10-to-1 favorite. But Jan Blahovic showed the world, hey, you can take him down. You can hold him down. There's ways to beat this guy. Now, all of a sudden, he's still a favorite because it's a rematch and, and he won the first time. But it is not the mismatch that this would have been if they booked it six months ago. So with that being said, Marvin Vittori is not Jan Blahovich. He's not as big as Jan. He's not as strong as Jan. But he's a little more grapple-heavy and wrestle-centric than Jan. So in fairness, you'll see, if you're on Tapology that the first fight was a split decision. I don't think it was as close as, you know, reading split decision on the screen would tell you. I think Israel Adesanya won that fight a little more clearly than a quote-unquote split decision. With that being said, it's been a long time. I assume Israel's wrestling has gotten better. I'm positive Marvin Vittori's wrestling has gotten better. Positive. We've seen it over and over again. And I think... You know, that that Jan loss, I'm sure Izzy went back. He's not a stupid person. I'm sure he's wrestling like crazy because he's got this matchup coming up. But I like Marvin Vittori here. Marvin Vittori's in my DraftKings lineup. I have a money line bet on Marvin Vittori. I like Marvin Vittori here. He knows the path to victory. He saw somebody else do it. He knows it's possible now. I think it's just and, – and, and also, let me back up. He has a head like a cinder block. So he can take the punches. He's going to wrestle like nonstop, and he's got the grappling. I think he beats Adesanya. Adesanya, as amazing as he is, and, and we've seen him stop people, he's not one-punch KO. That's not who he is. So I don't see him one-punch knocking out Vittori. He can absolutely piece Vittori up, and he could win a kickboxing fight. But I think Vittori watched the Jan fight. That was his game plan before that fight, and that is his game plan times five after that fight. This is a pretty straightforward breakdown for me. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I agree. I think, uh, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how Israel Adesanya shows up for this fight, right? Like, they both know, like you said, like, the word is out now. Here's how you beat him. A lot of people said it was because of the weight. I think, of course, that played a little factor. But let's be honest. He had Israel Adesanya had no answer on his back, none. Whether you're heavy or not, he didn't even tr it didn't even look like he was trying to get up. Yeah. So, um, 
and and Jan is not really known to be a crazy wrestler or anything like that. So, um, I, you know, I think word is out. It's just going to be whether or not Adesanya has gone back and prepared for that and has had enough time to prepare for it. Um, he may have gone back to his camp and said, you know what, I, that was a higher weight class. I think I can avoid takedowns by using my footwork striking. I don't need to wrestle every day. I can use my footwork striking. I think that would be a mistake um, because I don't think he's – a lot of people compare him to Anderson Silva. The big differences are I don't think he's quite there with the with the footwork. Or maybe he is footwork, but he doesn't have the finishing power that Anderson Silva had for sure. Anderson can knock anybody out from anywhere with any part of his body. Right. Israel Osanya can make you look bad, but he'll, you know, he'll he certainly you up can knock you out. But finish. I don't think it's on the same level as Anderson was. Um, so with that, I, I think Marvin Vittori, since their last fight, has only improved. He's gotten more diverse. His wrestling is good. His scrambling ability is unbelievably good. Like, I think I said at one of his other fights, I'm like, he should shoot a shot. Even if he doesn't get it, he can scramble so well that, like, he can make something happen out of it. Um, and we've seen them strike, you know. It was a split decision. I agree with you. I think uh, Adesanya won the first time around. But let's be honest. He can go in there and stay competitive enough to strike. To yeah, he could not get finished. Yeah, Right. Like, all he's got to do is stay competitive striking, close the distance, get those takedowns heavy on top. And I could see him winning a decision. Uh, I don't want to say easily, but – I like the value on him here, certainly in DraftKings. Um, yeah, I, I like the odds on him. I, I, I may, I haven't made a bet yet on it, but I, I may, I, I might take him at plus two hundred five. Um, yeah, I, I'm more comfortable I with him at prop, plus two hundred five than a and the prop decision. I got to look at what the odds are there because I think if he does win, it's a decision, and you could probably get plus four hundred or something. Yeah, um, so we'll take a look at that. And yeah, I, I like um more I more. I looked at Ghost. We'll have to look at it again. I thought I looked at Ghost because I have in my notes here goes to the decision question mark. Um under my I have a spreadsheet where I line it all up and that's under my bets. I didn't place that bet. So that means that I didn't like the odds. But I'll take plus two oh five. I'll double my money and you know I, I I'm comfortable with that. What is funny is Israel Adesanya is very good. And I don't want my recency bias to make it sound like I think he's a bum. I think this just the style is what's making me like Marvin in this fight. I mean, is Israel Asadia could come back, beat the piss out of Vittori, and be like, see, I'm the greatest middleweight to ever do it. Maybe I went up to light heavyweight a little too soon. I'm a middleweight. So it, just like, let's say John Jones goes up and Ganu smokes him, comes back down. He's still the best light heavyweight to ever do it. So I, I don't, this isn't a slam dunk. Izzy's a bum. Izzy's overrated. It is not that at all. Izzy is not a bum. He's not overrated. Look what he's done here. Look what he's done in kickboxing. He's phenomenal. He beat Kelvin in an awesome fight. And Kelvin is a grappler as well. So he can beat grapplers. We've seen him beat grapplers, including Marvin Vittori. With that being said, I do think Marvin Vittori wins this fight. Um, we've seen him, like you said, not get knocked out by Izzy not get completely dominated by the striking. And he's had a few years to get even better at wrestling and grappling, which we know he has done. And we know Izzy has not gotten better at wrestling or grappling since his fight with Marvin. So th that's why it's that pick. I know people are going to hit up the comments. Oh, Izzy, uh, 
Izzy's great. He's amazing. Styles make fights, and I think this matchup is is a stylistically a bad matchup. And the only reason I think that is because we just saw him lose to somebody who's not as heavy of a grappler. Yeah, I, I agree with you. We'll talk about it in the betting video, but plus plus five and a half because it's a five round fight for the Tory gives you even money. That's an interesting bet right there. Yeah, he's, uh, I forget the the math on plus five and a half is like you have to win a round and a half or two rounds or something. But yeah, he can. It's not just one round, but yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it's a five round fight. I think you have to win two or almost two rounds. It's almost two. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's not a bad bet. Even money. Because he'll definitely win a win a round or two. I think he and wins Vittori the fight by decision plus four hundred. I like that a lot. I don't think he's going to submit Izzy. Yeah. yeah, it's it's this is a it's a really fun main event. I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it because I also as a fan, not as a running this channel, breaking down fights, telling you what we're doing. Just as a straight up fan watching, I would love if Izzy took Marvin's head off. Like I love as a diehard fan. I love dominant champions. I love dominance. I love it. I hate when belts change hands. I just love when somebody is at the top of the mountain and and nobody can touch them. So I don't want this belt to just get... I'm very excited over there, Angelo. I, I am excited. This is a good fight because I also think it's styles make fights. I think Marvin takes the belt and then who... Do, I don't know if he can defend it against somebody. We'll see who he fights next, but I don't want the belt to just get cycled around 10 times. Yeah. No, I'm so, with you. It's yeah. I think it's. I think Izzy's probably the better, you know, better for the UFC. Better 100%. for if he wins, you know. But yeah, I, I, yeah. I like the Tory style. <clears throat> yeah, and that's not our job here. So, anyway, if you want to place a bet, go to wewantpicks.com/bets. We have multiple options for you. We will give you free money. Bet online will give you free money. Go there, click the link, sign up, place a bet, and then let us know what you did. If you want to hit the monkey knife fight line. This is a hard line. I'm going to go less on Izzy, more on Marvin, because I think the wrestling will control Izzy. And if you want to hit that line, go to playmkf.com slash picks. Use promo code WWP. They will give you instant match deposit. You throw in 100 bucks, they'll give you 100 Take the free 100 Play it here. You'll triple your money. Thank you for watching. We will see you on Saturday.